This is the Beard Winner Podcast, episode 17. episode one of season two of the beard winter podcast i really wanted to put a demark into the end of season one because i truly was dragging my feet being my own biggest obstacle and being way too picky when it came to recording or what i wanted to do in one take and I'm probably going to mess up. I'm probably going to have some verbal diarrhea in here, but my goal is to be human, to be real, to not cut parts out. And even as I progress into using something outside of Audacity, which is an open source program to edit the podcast, and I transition into something more professional like Adobe Audition, I still want to keep the podcast as natural as possible. Yes, if there is like something that falls over in the house or the dog starts barking uncontrollably where you cannot hear me, Or if I just go completely blank and forget what the heck I was talking about and it's non-recoverable, there may be some things cut in and out and blended together, but I also just really want to be genuine and real with you. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about is how important it is for me to push out good quality content because I sincerely appreciate everyone who tunes into this podcast and has stuck with me from the beginning to our new listeners who are just joining because it just humbles me every time I see listeners from around the United States and more unbelievably around the world tuning into this. So my goal is to create the most engaging, positive, and interesting material and content that I can for you because time is something that is valuable and you are investing your time to listen to this. And I sincerely appreciate those who listen to the full episodes If you're listening to partial episodes, it's still appreciated. Or if you're not listening at all, that's not a you issue. That's a me issue because I need to make this as engaging as possible so you want to listen to it. So this episode is going to touch upon the seventh session of the ketamine therapy as far as what I got from it. I'm also going to talk about the bearded community and how that has changed since I first got into podcasting and started really taking care of my beard and changing my perspective of what beard care is and brand loyalty. And last but not least, if we have time to, I want to talk about some beer that I shared because beer is something that in moderation, just like whiskey or anything else, is a very social and fun thing. And there are some rare beers out there. And instead of hoarding them and keeping them to myself, I enjoy taking even a 375 milliliter And I should have done the calculation of what that is in ounces. I believe it's like 10 to 6 ounces or something like that, or maybe 12. I mean, you can laugh in the comments of how far off I am on that. But I love to take a beer like that, have a tiny pour, and share it with people. Because I think that the people who create these crafts, whether it's whiskey or it's beer or wine, they want to have as many impressions, as many palates, as many people as possible taste it versus one person who opens it up to impress people or opens it up to impress themselves or makes themselves feel good about the fact that they're drinking it and no one else can. Kind of the keeping up with Jones's mentality. But 
that's the summation of what this episode is going to be about. So without further ado, let's dive in. So one thing that I have noticed about the beard community, and I'm actually watching a live stream right now from Dan C. Bearded, and he is quite amazing. I mean, him and so many others have pioneered the beard care community. There's also Healthy Bearded, and that's Jay Cruz. I forgot where out of the country Jay Cruz is, but um, Dan is actually out of the Flint, Michigan area. He is a full-time teacher and also a content creator whose wife pushed him into getting on YouTube, reviewing beard oils, talking about beard care. And it's to the point that you could actually search anything beard care related, like best comb to use, Dancy Bearded, how to get knots out of your beard, Dancy Bearded. Type any of those things into YouTube or how to use beard oil, Dancy Bearded, and you are going to get amazing advice. And it's just so inspirational because he's also going to start doing this full time. He's a teacher. He's burdened with the same thing I am, which is student debt, but he is able to live his dream because he has been doing this for, I think, three to four years and has not missed a day. Like for instance, right now at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, every Monday, he has a show called Commands Corner where he reviews a beard care company, offers products that he gives away. And at minimum, if you do feel inclined to buy something, he has an affiliate code that's worth 10% off. And a lot of those times that code is multiplied, especially if it's a special occasion or a company he's worked with a lot. And the owner of that beard company just says, Hey, it may still be Dan C 10, but it's worth 25% off. I mean, I ordered some stuff on new year's and was able to get phenomenal deals from a company called beard octane, which we'll talk about in a a little bit because that affiliate code is worth 25% off on new year's. So that is really freaking cool. Another cool thing about this community is it is very diverse. You're not just going to have a bunch of bearded dudes in this community. You're going to have people from all walks of life. You're going to have women in there who are significant others, women who are in there who are wives of bearded guys, or women in there who just want to see eye candy, as they would say it, and see bearded dudes. And it really amazes me that this community is also so gracious, positive, and giving. And the only feedback that is not positive is constructive. And that's the beauty of it is these beard owners who make beard oil, beard balm and beard butter and colognes and soaps. The really good ones who are usually featured on Dan C's channel or healthy bearded with Jay Cruz are open to constructive criticism. Like for instance, there was a beard care company out there that until recently, they didn't really have the best balm or not balm butter to put in your beard. And that was something that Dan said in a candid review of their butter and said, it's not really great. It's good. And so that owner reached out to him. They didn't reformulate it, but they changed the ratios of the different oils that are in there. And now it is so soft. I mean, you can literally just dip your finger into it and then put it in the palm of your hand and melt it and put it through to your beard. And it just feels phenomenal. It's not greasy, especially if you don't use too much and it just nourishes your beard. So that way in the morning, when you get up and shower and rinse your beard out on a rinse day or wash it on a wash day, it comes out silky smooth. And we'll also talk about whether or not there is such a thing as too soft when it comes to a beard, which Dan has taught me as well. But this past week, because I have started getting ham, for lack of a better way of saying it, with beard oil, just like I have with bourbon, beer, anything else that I'm really passionate about, I noticed that I was just changing beard companies 
daily. I was going from one company to another one and another one and another one. And I could wear a different company each day of the week. And I just said, how am I really going to be able to tell whether or not this beard care company is good for me? And so I decided this last week, ending on Sunday, to go ahead and try six days of a company called Black Rebel Beard Company. And their beards scents are good. Most of their scents are clone based. And I wish they'd be a little bit more pronounced and have more staying power. But also some of my friends have pointed out who are in this community, it is also something you could be going nose blind to. And maybe that staying power doesn't need to be there for longer periods of time because nobody likes that smelly guy who walks into a room who just reeks of cologne and keeps spraying himself and dousing himself with it because he cannot smell it. Other people can. So we have to be somewhat cognizant and sensitive to those who don't want us to reek. And maybe the people who are making these products know more than we do, and that's why they fade out a little bit more, or seemingly fade out. But another thing with how this beard oil is formulated, and every beard oil is formulated, for instance, right now, this video I'm watching, they have squalene oil, sweet almond oil, broccoli seed oil, ahoba oil, which is J-O-J-O-B-A, argon oil and sunflower oil. So these carrier oils that make up what a beard oil is are really important and they're very diverse and different. And you'll see things in these beard carrier oils like emu, ostrich, CBD. And you're wondering, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, bird oil, actually, when it's rendered down from ostrich and emu, it creates a nice anti-inflammatory factor and it absorbs so well in the skin and actually opens up the skin's ability to receive those nourishing properties of the other oils that are within it. And beard oil, before I even really knew about it, is more designed to nourish your skin more than it is the hair. So the root, the follicle, that actually is the, the bed of where your hair on your face grows, needs to be nourished so your hair can continue to grow and not be impeded by unhealthy contaminants getting in there and also just bad carrier oils that you'll find with some beard carrier companies out there that are sold in like Walmart, CVS, and etc. Not saying all those are bad. There are some great ones out there. Like for instance, Honest Amish is a great one that you can find at CVS, Walmart, etc. And that's one that Dan C recommends. And it's very approachable as far as from a price standpoint, it's very accessible. And it's something that you can actually try right away versus all of these you order online and they mail to your house. And depending on whether or not the postal service decides to be a jerk or not, you'll get it quickly or you'll get it in a week or two. But it is kind of fun to have all these packages showing up at your house with more of these beard care companies and their products. So going back to Black Rebel, like I said, their scents are very good. They just, I wish they'd stay longer as far as being able to flip my beard up into my nose and smell that scent. But Another thing about the ostrich oil, which is similar to CBD, is, as I've heard, it will make your beard seem a little bit too soft. And there is such thing as too soft. You don't want your beard to feel like straw or a bird's nest, but you also don't want it to feel like head hair or baby hair or soft puppy hair, <laughs> like on a dog's head, um, unless it's like a wire hair terrier or something like that. Um, and you also don't want it to feel very coarse because that's going to be indicative that you're possibly dehydrated or something else is going on in your life and it's going to be brittle and be prone to breakage. But if you use too much of a good thing, 
it will become way too soft. And I wanted to experiment with that. So I did try Black Rebels products, which has both ostrich and emu in it for six days in a row. And I didn't notice that it got extremely soft. I mean, yes, it's super soft. Like I would love um, even any, like I, I would love to challenge anyone to run their hands through it and be like, oh my gosh, that's beard hair. I mean, it's really shocking and surprising how soft it can get. But in the same sense, I noticed that it became wispy. It wasn't any more difficult to style than usual. And yes, I do take about 15 minutes in the morning to style my beard because prior to that, I would just get out of the shower, put the beard oil in, and I would wonder why it looked like crap each day. But there are techniques and tips and tricks that you can find on Dan C's channel. And also I'll talk about them more in depth as we get into episodes that are dedicated just to beard care to make your beard look full, long, straight, well-kept, even if it's super long. Like my beard is probably six to eight inches long right now. And that's with blow drying it out. I mean, if I don't, it's probably like four to five inches and just looks like a curly mess. And so the point of it is, is that you do want to explore different companies if you can. And there are companies like Black Rebel who offer sample packs and sample packs are freaking amazing. I was able to get 17 of their scents in December of 2021. And out of the seven or eight that I've tried so far, because I did try some prior to the six days in a row of, of going straight of just using their product, Megalodon and Go Devil are by far my favorite scents. They're all sort of clone scents, um, but Go Devil is probably the best of the two. And the scent profile for that, that we have here is the Megalodon is Aqua de Cool Water. So it's probably kind of like an Aquadigio or a cool water scent, like that clone from the 2000s or early 90s or late 90s, whenever that was really big. And there's also another one that Go Devil, which is Cedar, Leather, and Cologne. And that one to me, Go Devil, stays with you all day. And it is really, really amazing to have in there and have that be something that you even smell in the shower in the morning when you try to rinse it out or before you put in your beard wash. So I do have to credit them with that great beard feel. And I cannot con wait to continue using their stuff, but I did have to change my pace and go to another company. So on New Year's Eve, like I said earlier, there is a company that offered 25% off a Dan C10's code. So I went ahead and bought some stuff from Beard Octane, which is also available on Amazon um, that I just found out after looking up Beard Sense and what I liked. And today I'm currently wearing the Fabricator, and the Fabricator is a nice clean scent. Um, as far as the description of the scent, um, it is a soft yet masculine scent, rich notes of vanilla that pull you into the scent, keeping you curious at what lies ahead. And it's something so simple but so complex, and that really encapsulates the smell. And its hold is light, its scent strength is medium to heavy, its sheen is um, semi-sheen as far as the amount of shine that it has. And the scent notes um, overall are hints of vanilla, oak, sandalwood, and craftsmanship. So that's really the beauty of it is that something so simple can be so complex. And I have tried their other scents. They have liquid gold, which is a clean, nice masculine oud scent or oud, which is made from a, a type of wood. You'll have to look it up. And when it rots, um, it creates that woodsy scent that you'll find in very old clones out there, ranging from stuff that was created in the Middle East through present in oud or ode, and people will laugh at me in the comments, and I will definitely figure out how to pronounce it correctly, is a beautiful scent, but for some reason I become extremely nose-blind to it very, very quickly with it. They also have another one that they collaborated on um, with Dan C. Bearded that's called 
ginger jamboree and my gosh that is an amazing scent i would have to look up what the scent profile is but it just has this nice ginger scent to it and that one has staying power and then they also have another one called nitro and for those of you who love coffee imagine coffee with blueberries i kind of and i am making a weird face when thinking about that combination but it is a great scent it will last for a long time it's not overpowering you're not going to smell like a coffee house and it's really genuine coffee it's not a fake coffee smell and i i think that that has really impressed me as well i think i have apple pie um the sacrifice and i have another one that i haven't tried from them yet but as i progress towards six days in from switching here on saturday to beard octane i cannot wait to explore their sense and as far as beard feel it's a great beard feel it's definitely more coarse sorry for punching the microphone more coarse than what it was with using bird oil but that was expected beard oil that has bird oil and it makes your beard ridiculously soft but also i've noticed it's even though i hate to admit it, it's a little bit easier to style it seems to hold a little bit better on these windy winter days and it seems to even look less ravaged when i go to the gym so i think that that is something to take into account as well so you can actually alternate between something that has cbd or a bird oil in it with something that doesn't and as long as you find your forte and it could be the same company like bearded octane our beard octane has cbd and non-cbd oils same thing with companies like fable um, there's ones out there like tailored they will have different ones that have um, emu in there and don't have it in there and have ostrich in there i think one of those does like mythical and that's the beauty of it is that you can stick with one company but do not become so so dedicated to that company that you become blind to it because that's where i was when i first started this podcast i thought that Bossman brands was the best beard company out there period and after smelling some of the scents from fable that my buddy steve who's a definitely big bourbon and whiskey connoisseur told me about i was blown away at how good those scents smell but they mainly have food scents and so that's going to be hit or miss with some people because a it might be too sweet for yourself people who are in your household and there just may be sense of food and i'm not talking savory food i haven't smelled any savory ones from them that you just don't care for smelling all day or if you're going on a road trip um, like going to illinois you don't want to smell that all day so i didn't care for one that they had called the nutcracker which was part of their cbd line because it smelled like werther's original candies and it just was just butterscotch all darn day long and so i ended up just giving it to a buddy because their customer service was so cool that they went ahead and switched out to this one called Yeti, which is Snowberry, and it's a CBD one as well. And I love it. So I actually have one bottle that's full or sort of full because I've used it quite a few times and a butter that's rather full as well. And because the company was cool and hooked me up and didn't charge me for shipping of the replacement, I didn't feel it was fair or right to trade that with someone else to get something else out of it because the company did the right thing and I wanted to do the right thing. And I just gave it away. So that kind of goes back to the beard care company being so darn giving and amazing. And also maybe you're noticing that there's some more positivity here. And before we get into the beer share that I did this last Saturday, I also want to talk about the results of the seventh ketamine treatment because we have been on a journey here and I've talked about the sessions, not all of them individually, but in general, the first six sessions are what Theo Vaughn talked about 
as far as being something that's good for mental health, um, being something that helps you see things differently. I believe it helps you create more meaningful relationships with other people, and it removes a numbness that I used to feel. And it's definitely got me on the right path towards being a better human, being better to my body, and also being nicer to myself and not being so darn critical. So I do have to say the seventh treatment, though, was kind of... It wasn't kind of, it was almost like throwing money away. And I should have listened to those idiots at Harvard. (laughs) And I say idiots very jokingly because they're extremely smart people. But the Harvard study did state two things that stood out. And I can definitely reread it. You can go look up ketamine um, depression Harvard um, study and you'll see the graphic on there that says like a new option for severe depression. But you can find out within two or three sessions whether or not it's effective for you. And if you have a good doctor, they will definitely let you know and with your feedback of whether or not you should continue. And then secondly, doing more than six is not really that beneficial unless you have severe PTSD, you didn't really find the first six to be beneficial, or you're just falling back into those depressive or anxiety habits after the first six. And I don't know if I was chasing a feeling or expecting an afterglow that wasn't there, But I noticed that the seventh session didn't really have any breakthrough knowledge gains or any aha moments or anything that was pivotal or life-changing. And maybe that's something that I had way too high of expectations, but I still came out of it with the same overarching themes that you need to be patient with people, you need to be kind, you need to spread love, be compassionate, and have a level head. I mean, everybody, it seems, since 2020 started, and as we progress through the year, people are so on edge and so short-tempered and so short-fused. They just really want to blow up on someone and just be like, freak the hell out on them for no reason. And unjustifiably, for the most part, or just be full of piss and vinegar and chew people out on social media just because they can, and they're hiding behind a screen, and it makes them feel better about themselves. Well, I mean that's fine and dandy if that's your personality type. I'm not going to hang out with you or associate with you, and I'm definitely not going to share a beer with you if you're a beer friend. But that's what I learned from all these sessions is that you need to foster those things in your life. And I did notice with the first six that I don't need to be on medication for anxiety. I have been on anxiety medications for over a decade, and we're on the path again to get off of it. The last time I tried to get off of it, the only issue I had was falling asleep. I remember laying on the bed, just smacking my mattress, being like, go to bra- go to bed, brain, go to bed, just like yelling that to myself. And finally, I just gave up and I, I fell asleep. But then we got back on it and it just seems like it's not really needed because I've missed days with the time release dose that I have and I don't really notice it. And post-ketamine, I don't get anxious for no reason anymore. And pre-ketamine, I would just get anxious for no reason. I couldn't tell what the source was. But now, I will feel anxious only if someone's coming at me, they're being mean, aggressive, hostile. Or I would sure as hell hope I'd be anxious if I was out in the wild somewhere hiking with my dad or a friend or family member and a bear or a mountain lion, a tiger, or whatever else could come bite the hell out of me or kill me possibly was coming my way because that is fight or flight. That is exactly what humans have 
experienced and is our survival mechanism for what has helped us last all these years. And because we would run from a saber-toothed tiger because it would eat us if we didn't. <laughs> we at least maybe have a club with us and try to smack the saber-toothed tiger in the head. I mean, that's what helped us survive. So, I mean, justifiable anxiety when you can know the reason why anxiety is there, I think is perfectly fine. And that's what I've experienced only after the ketamine treatment. And I'm not saying it's for everyone. Definitely talk to your general practitioner, your psychiatrist, your psychologist, and find out if that is an option for you. But it has reset that in my brain to where I do not feel just unwarranted anxiety. Same thing with depression. Depression is something that comes and goes. And I will say just in general, therapy is maintenance, just like anything else. You can't just go lift for six months in a row and get really beef like Arnold's or beefed out like Arnold Schwarzenegger or like a fitness model um, on the female side of things and then just slouch for the rest of your life. You have to maintain it. You have to continue to maintain that physique, that exercise. Same thing with if you're whitening your teeth, something is, you know, obtuse as that or not obtuse as small of a change as that. If you whiten your teeth and you love how white they look, guess what? You're probably going to have to maintain and do it again because if you drink coffee, if you smoke cigarettes or cannabis or anything that has tar in it, it's going to cause your teeth to go dark again. If you're drinking other things that can stain your teeth, they're going to stain. And if you want to maintain it, you have to put the work into it. I mean, yes, I still get depressed, but not for long periods of time, not for no reason, but it's mainly the same things that have caused me to get down in the past. And those are just silly things like comparing myself to other people's lives, thinking that I need to be in that other pasture where the grass seems greener. Why? My own pasture is my path and it's where I have stepped to get here. It is my path that I could go backwards if I could go back in time and still appreciate where I got because of the lessons that I learned along the way, the people that I've met, the relationships I've built, and the life experience that I've gained. I mean, if I was married and had kids, I don't think I would have have gone to Europe twice for extended periods of time and spent 19 of those days on my second trip with my father in Europe, or have gone to China and, and God forbid, got food poisoning in China, which, I mean, that's not the highlight of the trip, but... It was just the whole thing was an adventure that I would not have been able to do if I was tied down with a family. So, I mean, there are pros and cons to everything, and it's all lensing. It's all how we want to look at it. Yes, that could be defeated and defeating to say, gosh, I have a ton of student loan debt. But at the end of the day, I'm working on it. I'm paying as much as I can off as quickly as I can without, you know, slaying myself. I have a great job. I'm working in a fun industry, which is the cannabis industry, and it's something I'm passionate about, and it's amazing. I mean, I personally haven't partaken in using cannabis for a couple months, and that's quite odd um, for someone who works in the industry, but you don't have to partake in using it to support it. I think that it has its medicinal benefits. I don't live in a legal state, so I don't feel that the risk is worth it anymore, and if Iowa ever does become legal... Maybe I'll go to a dispensary within Iowa and enjoy it. But right now, I just have too much to lose to risk it. So that was just kind of a decision I made a few months ago just to be like, yeah, do I really need this? And I said no. And 
it's the beauty of it is, is my personal opinion, it's not addicting like alcohol or other things out there. It's something that I could just stop and just be like, oh, it's socially addicting. I don't really hang out with people who smoke and eat edibles and whatnot. So guess what? It's not around. I don't feel a real need to use it. Voila, that's the end. But speaking of addicting things, there is craft beer and that's one reason I share it because we did have an episode called The Careful Dance with Alcohol. And one way to carefully dance with it is if you're getting a 375 milliliter bottle, which is a smaller bottle, you're getting a 500 milliliter, which is getting a little bit bigger, a full pint, which I believe is close to 500. Like I said, you'll have to check me on the math on that because that's empirical metric, etc. Or you're getting a big 750 milliliter Magnum bottle. Some of those beers you cannot solo yourself unless you are really wanting to get drunk. And that's not what I want to do. I think I'm settled down a bit as far as wanting to get buzzed. I don't like feeling foggy in the morning. I like to be clear headed when I log into work. And I also have been on a weight loss journey, not a quick one. (laughs) I'm not going to turn into um, Super Darren where I'm biking 50 miles every Saturday or running seven days a week to where I blow out my knee or just going completely both feet into the pool. I am going steady and sure and I'm being more cognizant of it. And I had a health coach call with my insurance company and she asked me candidly, she said, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that's going to stop you from hitting your goals when it comes to being healthier and weight loss? And I said, beer, 100% beer. And so I made the decision a week ago to only drink on my Fridays and my Saturdays. Given yesterday, I did have a beer to celebrate, actually two beers um, that were fruited beers that are lighter in alcohol content to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs, and hopefully that doesn't turn you off um, that I drank to celebrate their win. But that was a freaking amazing game, folks. I mean, in my lifetime, which I shouldn't narrow it to my lifetime, I don't think I remember such a nail-biter of a game. And that, that game could have gone to the Chiefs, it could have gone to the Bills, it could have gone so many directions. I thought it was over when the Bills scored that last touchdown and we had seconds to get the ball down the field and maybe tie it up with a field goal. And then we won the coin toss, which I know people can get after that and say it was all luck and the coin toss totally screwed the Bills, but we had the possession, they could have stopped us on defense, and we were the first team to score, and now we are going to hopefully win next week again against the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, it's the Cleveland Browns, sorry. (laughs) But prior to that, I was watching some of those other playoff games, and we did a beer share at the Casual Pint in Omaha, and you may have Casual Pints in your area, and I didn't know it was a chain. The owners of this Casual Pint in Omaha, the franchisee, franchisee owners, when they opened it five years ago, my buddy Logan, who we'll hopefully have on a future episode to talk about, um the whole, whatchamacallit, beard, beer, I keep saying beard all night, beer designing, designing as far as what it takes to be a designer, the thought process of working with a business and executing on that brand. I want to talk about that. And hopefully we may try to have my father on there because he still does photography much more actively than I do. And we did a really cool photo shoot. We shot photos in front of three different breweries this brewer owns and made it look like a Norman Rockwell scene. And he painted in, this is in the middle of the fall, painted in snow and it was old timey. We had carolers in one. We had a guy dragging out an old keg and tipping his hat for people holding the door. We had two drunk girls on, one was pulling the other one on a sled while she took a big gulp of beer out of the thing. 
and a jug and the his wife or fiance at the time was hanging christmas lights with this look on her face like this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever done so hopefully that will be a great episode with logan he is safely back in new zealand with julia and it's been a long time because of covid for him to get back there and it's just i love seeing good things happen to my my best friends and people out who i care about in my life so that's really cool but this weekend we shared Anchorage beers at the Casual Pint. And Anchorage is known for IPAs and, in my opinion, more notably known for stouts and barley wines that are just amazing. Like, if you're into craft beer stouts, ones with adjuncts, which is adding things after or during the brewing process, such as coconut, banana, um, vanilla beans, coffee, things along those lines are ones that are just pure barrel-aged stouts you would love them. And they're barley wines as well, too. They have a famous one called A Deal with the Devil. Um, they have a regular one, a double barrel age, where they age it once for X amount of months in a barrel, put it in a fresh barrel for another X amount of months, and then they have a triple barrel aged one where they actually age it three times in three separate barrels. And each time they do that, it imparts the fresh flavor that the bourbon or whiskey that was in that barrel imparts on that each and every time. So there are different approaches where you can age it in a barrel for longer, if it's a really good barrel. But in my opinion, you get that freshness, every single bit of that goodness, what the whiskey left or bourbon left behind, into that beer each time you put it in a fresh barrel. You do get more barrel depth when you go ahead and age it longer in a single barrel, but in my opinion, multiple barrel aging is for the win. So the first beer we tasted was a 2021 Windigo. That is an English-style barley wine, and my gosh, that is a toffee bomb. It is full of toffee, barrel, fruit flavor, and not really fruit like, uh, not what you're thinking, like tropical fruit, but stone fruit, and just like an all-around nice barley wine. And barley wines, to me, are something that I really didn't get into until recently, but I truly believe that this was one of the best um, ones that I've tried in a long time outside of the deal with the devil one that they have. And it has glow-in-the-dark wax on the top, so I think that's pretty darn fantastic as well. The next one we tried was called Into Nothingness, and this one, in my opinion, out of the five different ones we tried, I think it was, was probably the winner. It was really surprised me. It has banana, coconut, vanilla beans, and was rather sweet and I do have to say rather sweet and I love sweet beers but it tasted like liquid banana bread in a glass didn't taste anything like you would think a stout would ever taste like and it was freaking phenomenal the next one we tasted was called the explorer from Anchorage and it was a chocolate bomb with oak it has Madagascar vanilla beans coconut and nacho or nejo chilies in it cacao nibs clatch coffee and milk sugar. That one was great. When I first tried it, the chilies were a little bit more present. And we're not talking spicy chilies, not like habaneros or jalapenos or something along those lines. But it was really well balanced in there with that coffee and that vanilla. I mean, it was definitely just a real big chocolate bomb that was truly enjoyable. And given these are all like 14 to 15% alcohol, I only had like a couple ounces of each of them and just shared them with half a dozen people or more. After I left the bar, it was probably closer to, to 15 to 20 people tried these beers because I only wanted an ounce or two just to taste because I've tasted them fresh and it's just neat to be able to taste them and share them and see whether or not you have other people agree with you that it's good and get that honesty of whether it's good or bad or okay. 
there's a lot of beers out there and people will definitely say this about Anchorage are very hyped and a beer may be pure hype and it may not have the quality to stand up for that hype and that's okay I mean not every single beer can be a winner or a slam dunk and you know that's what I found with doomed um and that one was one that's fermented and aged in Missouri oak barrels with Madagascar vanilla beans and Clatch Coffee. Once again, Clatch Coffee is in there. That one to me, and this may be Missouri Oak talking, but Missouri Oak, after tasting it in lots of Anchorage beers, seems to impart a bitterness upon the beer sometimes, and it's almost acidic. And coffee is also acidic. I mean, people have mentioned that Starbucks coffee is acidic, and I don't really think that that's what I got the bad coffee taste from. It was almost more of what I would expect for the previous beer that had the Anejo chilies in it. And with those chilies in there, um, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of those chilies, but it gave me a Hatches green chili flavor, and that's not what I was anticipating. It was almost like uh, I wanted to be spicy, like you were expecting it to be because you tasted the pepper. But to me, it reminds me of a, a coffee that you just brewed. When you drink it and you brew it just when it's and you drink it just to the point with me I'm being a wuss where I it's tolerable for me to drink and sip on it's fresh it's delicious but if you let it sit there for a while and it oxidizes and cools off it loses a lot of that freshness and that goodness to it so that's where I think that this one because it's last year's beer it was just kind of acidic and it was kind of bitter so I don't know if it was the Missouri oak or just the coffee not being as fresh and so that's kind of cautionary when it comes to some of these beers. Most of these beers that I buy can be aged and you put them in a cellar where they're not exposed to light so they cannot oxidize from too much light exposure and they're at a constant temperature, about 50 something degrees, about 54 degrees is what I usually keep them at or lower. And then I bring them up to room temperature so they can be enjoyed, but still they can be hit or miss. And good thing these have wax on them too because if you age them also too long, there's just a, a cap on the top of the bottle it might lose carbonation. That seal is not permanent. And unless they put a cork under that seal, like Cantillon does with their sour beers, it's most likely going to be decarbonated after about, I don't know, 2013, 2014 beers are really flat right now. And most of the time you're thinking, wait a second, I've never had a lager from that time frame. Folks, lagers are not supposed to be aged that long. <laughs> but the second to the last beer that we tried on, on Saturday was the Sacrifice. This one to me... Coconut seemed to the people tasting it with me as an afterthought, but I love the coconut in it, and I hate, hate, hate coconut outside of beer. I cannot stand the texture. I cannot stand coconut milk in Starbucks drinks. I cannot stand coconut water mixed with anything. It is nasty ass. But you put coconut, toasted coconut, even raw, real coconut, and I'm not talking artificial flavors, in these beers, and they are phenomenal. I did go ahead and rate this one initially not as high, on untapped because once again it's in Missouri Oak and it became less of a prominent force in there being um, coconut centric and it became more of a bitterness with the oakiness of the Missouri Oak and with that I'm congratulating someone from winning the spirit oil contest age with that aging I noticed that it was more coconut pronounced and it reminded me of a very very popular beer from anchorage called blessed and people will freak out every time anchorage comes out with blessed or it's re-released because someone else is holding out on it like tavor which is an online app and i'll 
link my reference code in Tavor if you want to sign up for it. I do have to let you know that Tavor is a money pit. You have to have some restraint. You have to make sure you're checking your fear of missing out um, because you will spend a lot of money on that application and buy a lot of beer that you do not need. So um, you can save $10 by signing up for Tavor by using my code. I get $10. That's my only kickback is a $10 credit, which will buy me one beer. Um, if that, depending on which ones I'm looking at. And it's cool because you can get beers shipped to your house legally uh, that you would never get otherwise. And the markup is not significant. I've actually seen their prices be lower than some bottle shops in my area. And it's just, it's pretty darn neat. But also look up the beers because Taver likes to, um, or Tavor likes to hype things up. So look it up on Untapped, look it up on Beer Advocate, and see whether or not that beer is full hype or whether or not it's worth it. And if it has a higher rate, higher rating, sorry, the hiccups came at the worst time or a burp or whatever that was. Um, and just see whether or not it's something you'll enjoy because you can't return them. They do have a great customer service team. And if they ship you beers that have unfermented fruit in them, like some of these fruited sours have drank in July and they explode, they will go ahead and take care of you. They will do the right thing. So they're an awesome company in all regards. It's just a very slippery slope for spending too much money. Last but not least, I did have the Sent by Liars from Anchorage, and that was an excellent beer. That one was um, hazelnuts, Madagascar, vanilla beans, and I believe that was aged in Missouri oak. And I didn't think my dad was right about this, and I thought it was only coffee, but I'm not a huge hazelnut fan. I'm passing on a beer that's coming for, that's out tonight for a local brewery in Lincoln, Nebraska that has hazelnuts in it that's supposed to be like a Nutella-style um, beer. Because A, I don't like Nutella. B, I don't really think hazelnuts are that great in anything. And they're okay, but they just seem too pronounced. But I did like this after it aged fresh. I gave it a lower rating than I gave it yesterday. Or not yesterday. Saturday seems like yesterday. But I gave it a lower rating previously than I did on Saturday because the hazelnuts calmed down and it allowed the vanilla to shine through in the stout. We did enjoy one beer outside of the beers that we had on the side, like some ice IPAs from a great brewery out of La Vista in Omaha, Nebraska called Cross Strain. And those were my side beers that I enjoyed while sipping on these heavy dark beers that are higher ABVs. And the other one that I tasted was the brewery out of California. And they are an amazing company that has been around for a long time. Even back when I went to my cousin Josh's wedding in Coronado, I called my buddy Logan up and said, hey, are there any good breweries in Southern California? And you could hear him rolling his eyes through the telephone. <laughs> and he listed off all these great breweries. And I went to a bottle shop and I may have allegedly sent myself some home claiming it was olive oil from the hotel with FedEx. That seems a lot for allegedly, but we'll leave it at that. But that was a great one. It was their family rue. It's called Black Tuesday, which is named after the Black Tuesday of the 1929 I believe it was my history teacher's going to hate me if I get that year wrong um, when the stock market crashed and they aged it in red wine barrels. And it did, if you like red wine, it had that nice red wine finish kind of shine through and it was definitely a tasty beer. And that sucker, even though it's a 500 milliliter bottle, 18%, that's, that's more than wine. So imagine drinking a bottle of that if that was a 750 mag, which they also make in breweries black tuesdays that average 17 16 18 percent area for most people that are my age and i'm 36 now it would knock you on your rear <laughs> and my liver just can't do that so anytime i get a heavy beer like that i'm going to share it 
I hope I didn't fly through this episode, but I wanted to have it flow, get into, like I said, beard oil companies. There's some great ones out there. Some I didn't mention, which will come up in other podcast episodes. If you want to just take a look and I'll put them in the show notes and I'll try to remember which ones I mentioned. Alley Cat, that one is really cool. It's name. It's got a lot of punk rock feel to it. Their design is really killer. Um, they have like Alley Cat Radio playing in the background sometimes where they have punk rock and ska playing in the background. Um, there is Copper Johns, which is out of Utah. There is Fable, which I mentioned earlier. They're good. They're kind of, I think, the best one to get started with if you really want to get started with the company. But once again, they release scents so darn fast. It's kind of like Tavor. Be very careful because you could spend a lot with them and really quickly, especially around the holidays, Halloween, when they release like five, six cents in a month and you think, I got I to gotta have them all. <laughs> so um, there is Luxurious Bastard, which I think is a funny one to name all the time. They have super complex scents. Like they have one that's called holiday holiday bastard and i had to get that because that was blue spruce it had cannabis essential oil in it and then it has other beautiful scents in it as well too um and there's also tailored mythical um beard manners out of the uk there is uh bearded mac uh what else eight bit eight bit is an amazing company and it just fills you full of nostalgia and that company is really focused on mental health. I actually bought a bottle of beard oil that was called Festivus just because it was a good scent by the sounds of it, but also the proceeds from that episode of what they sold went towards mental health. And there weren't a ton of people tuning in because the beard company, the beard community is growing, but at least it was enough money raised that it could be a session for somebody who needs someone to talk to who couldn't otherwise afford it. So like I said, This community has been so amazing, so gracious. And even in these giveaways, I could be watching the chat more closely. Someone who wins, I'd say 45% of the time, they'll pay it forward to someone else who hasn't tried this company. And that's pretty gracious. Like, do you see people winning the lottery? I know that's a huge difference, but winning a prize usually, let's not use the lottery, but winning a prize and giving it to someone else. No, they're going to keep it. If they don't like it, they're going to figure out a way to sell it usually. And they're not going to pay it forward. And so joining this community has been something that has been so amazing. I don't think Bossman Brands is a bad product by any means. I don't think that um, it's something I'll ever use again because beard jelly just is weird in its texture. And it just didn't really seem to nourish my beard as much as I wanted it to. But I think that if you explore some of these companies that are going to be in the show notes, look up Dancy Bearded. And like I said, let me go back to my channels here, my drop down. If you take a look at Healthy Bearded, um, Ferocious Beard Company, Beard Ambitions, Copper Johns, The Beard Shark, there's so many channels I started subscribing to, and they just get you in the motivation zone. There's Daniel the Bearded, Ken the Content Creator. Ken is amazing. He is a shit-or-get-off-the-pot type guy, and he helps people start to get moving. Like, if... I didn't have Ken following me on Instagram and I just talked about doing stuff like releasing episodes of the podcast. I'm sure he'd get after me because he's an amazing dude and he wants you to quit being your own biggest roadblock. So there's so many pages out there and there's so many good people that are going to motivate you within this community. Even if you don't like beards, watch some of these, these things. Cause Dan Seabearded, who I talked about earlier in the show, he has collaborated with this guy, coffee talk. He's collaborated with another gentleman who, Um, geeks out about camera stuff, which we'll hopefully have him on the show. 
and we're going to do interviews moving forward. It's not just going to be me talking. I'm going to definitely try to get people on. I have some new equipment coming. I'm not going to say what till it gets here because I want to knock on wood with supply shortages and everything that I get this, but it's going to allow someone to call into my phone, get the best possible audio. And also you're going to notice even something that my best friend Mike has noticed that the levels of audio from the intro that I made in GarageBand will match my voice level because I will have a preamp on my microphone. So I'm not having to talk real close to the microphone. I'm not having to raise my microphone levels. And also once we get to it, we'll start using Adobe Audition to start uh, making sure that the post-production on this is phenomenal and this is as easy to listen to as possible. But thank you. I sincerely thank you with my whole heart for listening to this podcast, supporting me. Please share it. Please take the time to rate it on iTunes. If you give me a one-star review and say I need to improve, please make it positive and constructive. Don't just say I'm an asshole (laughs) and Darren sucks. I mean, you can say that if you want to. You're entitled to your opinion. But honestly, let me know and email me. Um, I'll have to put the email in the show notes. Actually, I think it's thebeardwinnerpodcast at gmail.com because I'm fancy and I have a Gmail email address now. But reach out to me. It's also thebeardwinner on Instagram. Let me know how you think I can improve the show, not for me, but for you as a listener. Once again, I appreciate your support. This one has been one of my longer episodes here at 48 minutes of recording, but I hope it has been a jam-packed episode that you can feel that excitement, that energy, and it gets you motivated to be great. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.